eight people, including six Asian women dead. Rallies from coast to coast calling for an end to violence against Asians. It's not just a pandemic issue and it shouldn't take a shooting to draw attention to anti-Asian racism. These shootings in Georgia really just rocked me to my core. The brutal shootings in Atlanta at the end of March were just the latest and most horrific example of a wave of anti-Asian racism that has increased at a shocking rate over the past year. But this problem started long before the pandemic. I am Madian Andrade, and from the University of Toronto, this is The New Normal. Asian racism during the pandemic has been called a shadow pandemic. And I think that um, term is very, um, is very powerful. This is Diana Fu. She is an associate professor of political science at the University of Toronto, Scarborough. She's an expert on U.S.-China relations. It's not just that Asians are experiencing the pandemic like everybody else, but on top of that, we are being beaten being yelled at, being spit at, all of those things are being experienced on top of experiencing the virus. And it's also not a recent problem. This is a historical problem that traces back to the Chinese Exclusion Act in the U.S. and in Canada that was passed in 1923, in which the Chinese were completely prohibited from immigration to Canada for nearly 24 years because of this idea that that the Chinese were constituting a yellow peril. It goes back to the Japanese internment camps during World War II, in which Canada also, along with the U.S., detained and dispossessed more than 90% of Japanese Canadians during World War II under the War Measures Act. So I say this because I think it's very important to place this in the context of what has happened in the past. Some are seeking to find an other with whom they can lay blame. Some are seeking a scapegoat. The anti-Asian racism that we see now, the scapegoating that we see now, is also not an Asian problem, right? We saw scapegoating uh, of uh, Muslims following the 9-11 attacks. We saw um, scapegoating of Jewish people pretty much all throughout history. We see um, sort of the daily sufferings of the Black population at the hands of the police and, and in other areas. We see racism against uh, Indigenous people, against undocumented workers. Basically, every time there's a disaster of some sort, whether it be 9-11 or the pandemic or whatever, we see that politicians around the world, and especially under Trump, blame it on a minority population. We always wake up when there's a shooting or when a police is kneeling on a man's neck for eight minutes, you know, and, and but racism is very real. It's very lived on in an everyday life. It's embedded in your name. I think that anger is the emotion that is expressed the most clearly through social movements. But what you feel, you feel a sense of shame. Yeah, you feel like you're not worthy, even though you know yourself that no, I am worthy, I am a human being, I have worth, but there's just some part of you that is so hurt by it, that you're not wanted, that you're so despicable that someone's gonna spit on you, that you feel ashamed of yourself. 
seeing my elders on the floor. I'm tired of seeing them attacked. I'm tired of walking in the streets and being called a virus, of being I think one of the things that I've been trying to promote in the aftermath of the shootings in Georgia is the power that allies and bystanders have. This is Ju Young Lee. He is an associate professor of sociology at the University of Toronto, St. George. He studies the effect of gun violence on black men. Um, Sometimes people don't really realize this, but if you're a witness to harassment, in public, um, just speaking up, just doing something to divert the person's attention who's doing the harassment can have significant effects. Like it can, one, it can break that person from the, the pathway they're on, which is like escalating into something potentially violent. It can also um, embolden other people. It can also, somebody else sitting by may, may also say, yeah, that's not right. Don't do that. So I think Part of what I hope to see is that there's a greater awareness about this and that bystander intervention training becomes kind of more commonplace because it's also used quite a bit to prevent sexual assaults and it can also be used to prevent bullying. Um, and obviously every incident is different. Some incidents are, are quite dangerous, but the common things that we see, racial harassment, sexual harassment, these things can be um, you know, nipped in the bud if more people realized the power they have as bystanders working together to say, no, this is not okay. I do want to thank you for being so open on Twitter. Um, you invited people to share their, their first instance of encountering anti-Asian racism in their lives. Mm-hmm. And you said yours was when you were four. The number of people who said I was four or five years old, and, and presumably for a lot of these folks, it's that's 30, 40, maybe even 50 years in the past. Mm-hmm. So the person who tossed it off, it was trivial, and they don't remember they did it. And right. for others, it becomes the shape of your life. It, it's a memory of shame, of confusion. Who does that to children, Right. Yeah. I've been pretty open recently because this this shooting, these shootings in Georgia really just rocked me to my core. Like I've been really open about just like all the different layers of this and like how, you know, growing up as a young man, as a boy, like I was ashamed of being Korean. And like I, you know, like got teased all the time from my, the shape of my eyes. Um, people would call me flat face. They would make fun of the food I brought to school. Like it was just a constant barrage of like insults. And it, it was like, by the time I was like in elementary school, like I was walking around ashamed of being Korean and just hoping that, you know, one day I would magically like transform like a metamorphosis. And it's, uh, it's so entrenched amongst um, so many Asian folks who grow up in North America to, to feel that way, to feel ashamed and to aspire to, to be more white. Um, and that's, that self-hatred is, is really another key part of this whole discussion, or it has to be, that um, our bodies, our lives are valued less um, because we grow up in a society that erases our history and then teaches us that um, we're not worthy. We don't. Um, we don't fit into these sort of like very narrow categories of what it means to be a human being. And so we kind of internalize that. Do you know what it feels like to have others act like you have less value than other humans? In Canada, 
we call it being racialized. How do we find solutions? How can we be agents of change? That's the million dollar question. Yeah. I think a big part is education and it's, um, you know, starting with schools, starting with schools and just building into curriculum an awareness of systemic racism. This next generation needs to grow up understanding Canada's history in perpetuating settler colonialism. I think that's the biggest part of it in my mind is that we just have to become more aware and that begins with education both in the formal sense and then the informal sense. You know, even if it's just intervening when somebody makes a racist joke, like it's something that on its face seems so harmless. Um, but if we check somebody and it, it can be done in a very compassionate, empathetic way, and we can say, hey, listen, you might not think of this as being problematic, but, you know, I know somebody who was called the same thing and, you know, that messed them up. You might not mean it in that same way, but other people do. And by putting it out there like that, you kind of make it seem like it's okay. So I think sometimes the smallest little things like that, those interactions can be very impactful. And so we can become very powerful agents of change in that way. In part two of Scapegoat, I speak with an undergraduate student and a graduate student about their own framing and understanding of anti-Asian racism and what we need to do next to move past it.